this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, baby, when I turn it on. All through my city, all through my home. All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, content manager of so-called fantasy experts and founder of FantasySixPack.net. Uh, my co-host is not yet joined on, so we'll just kind of move on without him right now. But uh, tonight, the the plan is to talk about some fantasy football. We're gonna do a a twelve team first round mock, and um, you know, kind of give you a, a a taste of some fantasy football action. And then after that, we'll we'll jump back into the baseball and then have some little fun with uh, some Memorial Day stuff. And uh, there's my co-host. What's going on, AJ? Hey, how are you? Good, good, man. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Busy, busy, busy weekend. So yeah, you're always busy, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh did you did you at least have fun and enjoy the long holiday weekend? Uh, yeah, had a pretty good time. So mostly just doing a bunch of stuff around the house, and and uh, you know finally got to relax and do a little grilling yesterday. But other than that, we're uh, yeah nonstop pretty much all weekend. Oh man, yeah I um. Didn't really do a whole lot myself, to be honest. I uh, just had a small little gathering with a couple friends yesterday, but you know nothing big. Wasn't really feeling the whole let's do a giant barbecue on Memorial Day. Plus, none of my friends were around anyway. But yeah. um, speaking of Memorial Day, though, I, I do want to make sure that you know we kind of have a, a moment to just remember why we're celebrating or celebrating may not be the right word, but why, why there is Memorial day, you know, is, is to, to honor all of those who have, who have passed serving to protect this great country of ours, man. And, and, and I'm truly grateful for everything that, that they've done for us. Um, We probably would not be here if it weren't for them. So definitely hats off. To all of those who have passed and, you know, all the families who have, you know, lost family and, you know, friends and, and to to the military. So, yeah, I've, absolutely. Uh, I'd like to just echo that as well and, you know, thank our troops, keep the support going, um, mm-hmm. you know, keep fight, keep fighting the good fight and, you know, get home safe and, and, uh, we appreciate you and for all that you guys do, guys and gals. Yeah, definitely. So that said, man, um, did you watch any of the last few games of the Western Conference Finals? No. Dude, they were awesome basketball games. And all I got to say is, OKC, dude, you blew it. They absolutely should have won game six they probably should have won game seven although oh Golden state kind of had that game uh kind of hand but like okc was coming back but dude 
Durant and Westbrook, they could not buy a bucket the last five minutes of both of those games. Uh, I heard some stat on ESPN this morning. They went a combined – when the game – when there was less than five minutes and the game was within two possessions or less, Westbrook and Durant went a combined, like, two for 18 or something like that. I mean, it was wow. like 13%. I mean, it's bad. Like, your best players weren't getting it done when it mattered. And, I mean, I don't know what that says about them. I mean, they're obviously great players. A lot of people consider them to be both top five players, and it's hard to argue with that. But when you can't get it done at crunch time, like, it kind of is how people, like the greats, are – are measured is by championships clutch. I mean, what was the knock on LeBron forever? Yeah. He's a great player, but he can't, he's not clutch. He can't win it. I mean, when do we start saying that about Durant and Westbrook? Like they're, they're getting up there now. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I didn't really watch it. I mean, I caught the highlights on, uh, on ESPN and, um, and did watch a lot of the the highlights and the back and forth from from last night's game this morning. Um, I was also extended my my uh, holiday weekend into today, so I caught a lot of that and a lot of the you know the back and forth and you know they had uh, Dan uh, Dan Lebetard on and they were asking him or no he was asking the four hosts did. OKC choke, yes or no? And of course, everybody, you know, they go back and I think it was like Jamie Sire, Jay Harris, and two other people that I don't know the names of. ESPN throws so many new people on, but um, they all were like trying to give all this feedback of why they think this and why they think that. Well, and it's like he he was just like it's a yes or no question. It's a yes or no question. Yeah, when when your two biggest players, who basically got you to that point, and um, the the crazy mustache, long haired guy, Stephen Adams, is that his name? Yeah. Um, I mean he he's been a really nice role player for them, um, just from what I've seen catching up with, you know, him throughout the playoffs. But I, in my mind, they absolutely choked. I mean, you had you had this series locked down three to one, and they themselves, OKC, have never lost a series of seven games when it was three to one. So not a lot of teams that have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that it's very tough to do. In my mind, they looked defeated on the court after uh, after game five. I mean that that to me was okay. Here we go. Or I'm sorry, game game four when they went up three to one. It was like, see ya. You know, who cares about your your record-setting regular season? You're not going to make it in the playoffs. And they found a way, man. I mean, kudos and props to them for getting it done. Steph Curry it is amazing, um, and. Uh, Clay Thompson, is that his name? The other, like, ridiculous three-point shooter. 
Yeah, that guy's been been absurd. I mean, uh, they had Stephen A. Smith on talking about it and, and how he was talking about the superstars that are on these two teams here. <laughs> and he's just bringing in Westbrook, Superman, <laughs> and my homeboy, Steph Curry. Ice cold Steph Curry. But then he's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, Thompson, Thompson should be in in mentioned in that conversation too, but we're just going to focus on these three guys right here. You know, it's just ridiculous. Um, I, I think they, they absolutely blew it. They should have been there. I would have loved to have seen them go and, and, and take Bron Bron out, you know, for the second year straight that he gets to the finals and loses again. But I don't know. It's tough to, to think, I, I mean, you, you almost have to think that, that Golden State has this uh, has this momentum going into the final because of this huge comeback oh, win. Of course. So, um, I, you know, I just I feel bad for OKC and their fans because they they needed that. I, I think that would have gone a long way to. Durant maybe sticking around. Um, I don't think he's sticking around anyway. No, I mean... Where the hell is he going to go? It's going to be... I, I don't know. I mean, Joel Embiid was talking about tweeting, uh, <laughs> tweeting to bring him to the Sixers. Okay. Like, you haven't That's even like... gotten on the floor. What, what are you going to do? Be his freaking cheerleader and his personal cowboy if he comes to Philly? I would love it, but I don't see it happening. No. Sorry, it's not happening. He's not coming. Wizards fans, he's not coming to the Wizards. He's not coming home. Because, you know, he's from from D.C., you know, Maryland area. So, he's not coming yeah. home. L.A., he's not going there. He's not going to Boston. No, he wants to go to a winner. And so, I mean. And I don't blame him. So, but like, clearly he's not going to these teams that are in, in the gutter. Yeah, they're a winning team. They just need – they need they need one more scorer on that team. That's what they're lacking big time. But I, it's weird. Like, I was watching that game. I don't, I don't want to – I don't want to take too much more time on this. But the, the thing that got me watching that game was just when you were watching it, it got down to crunch time. And the whole re- the whole way that they played to get to that point vanished. When they passed the ball, they didn't just play isolation. It became give Durant, give Westbrook the ball, everybody move out of the way. And those two were missing shots. Well, yeah. What got you there worked. Keep doing it. I get it. You're the superstar, so like, yeah, you need, you know, you're supposed to step up and make it happen. But play smart basketball. I mean, that's what that's what the Warriors do. They play their game. They continue to play their game, and eventually, they it works. I mean, game six, man, they were down the entire game. It wasn't until I think less than two minutes to go, they they took the lead. Curry hits a three to tie it, and you just saw the enti- the energy of the entire stadium and the entire OKC team just went, dude, 
it was like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is over. Like, as soon as Curry hit that shot, I'm like, game over, series over. They're winning, they're winning this series now. And took off and won that game. And then, you know, they kind of had a slow start to game seven, but picked it up real quick, took over. And I don't know, man, it's, it's tough. You know, I mean, I know it's, you know, it's, it's probably really, really hard to, to do what, what they do, obviously, but, you know, it's tough to knock out a, a champion and, you know, what's now being regarded as one of the best teams in history, but who knows? So who you got here, who you got in the finals? Let's close it out with that. Who you got in the finals and, and how many games? Um, you know, as much as I bash Bron Bron, I, I think I would like to see him win again. Um, get Cleveland something to cheer about aside from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, that's such a miserable town with miserable weather and miserable sports teams. They need this more than hell Philly really does. So um, I'd say Cavs in, uh, in six. Cavs in six, huh? I'm going. I'm going. Golden State in six. Uh, I just, I just don't think the Cavs have the team to be able to stop Golden State. I think the the matchups for for the Cavs is is terrible. Uh, Kyrie's had a, you know, he's he's been props back up as one of the better point guards in the league again because he's had a good playoff run, but he the best point guard he's faced is Kyle Lowry and Kyle Lowry's good, but now you're gonna go face Steph Curry. Good luck. Um yeah, a, it's, that's it's a whole nother level. Uh, you know, even if you hadn't level. gotten Curry, you were getting Westbrook. Good luck. That's a whole different yeah. level of point guard than what you face in the Eastern Conference the entire way through. So yeah, I think it's going to be tough, but I, I think the Cavs could do it, man. I, I really do. I, I think if they get Kyrie and, and Brown and Love hitting on all cylinders, I mean, you got to think about it too. They didn't have all three of those guys healthy last year in the finals. No, I'm and, very aware. Now they do, but you know, it, there's so much firepower coming out of Golden State between Curry and Thompson and Iguodala and Draymond, you know, when he's not literally kicking people in the nuts and or ankles to trip and try to get flagrant. Um, you know, it's it's a tough team. It's definitely a tough team, but I, I, think, I think the Cavs can do it. They've sailed through the playoffs this, this far, so we'll see. It'll be an interesting series. I might pay attention to some of the games for that. All right, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that starts this coming Thursday, which is kind of weird. But all right, so let's move on here, man. Uh, get into some fantasy football, and and believe it or not, fantasy football is going to be here any day now, and like it's it's coming quick. And uh, you, know, yeah. you see a bunch of sites around around already putting up stuff. I know the. Um, NFFC has already gotten on their way. A bunch of the M- M- MFL 10s have started. There's there's a lot of stuff going on. 
And so I thought we would get things kind of kick-started here on our show by doing a mock first round. And so, you know, we'll just go back and forth, pretend like we're the different teams, um, okay. and we'll just alternate picks here. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you the honors and let you go number one. All right. Are we – so we're, we're so we'll going to we'll say 12 teams, PPR yeah. or no PPR? I'll let you pick. We'll say PPR. You want to do All PPR? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. If we're doing PPR, then I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm thinking I, I mean, I like going running back first, but first overall pick. I mean, this year you, you almost got to go with Antonio Brown. Very, very good pick. Um, Any. Reason why you you think Antonio Brown oh, over everybody else? I mean, you saw last year what he did and didn't do with Roethlisberger on the field. So, assuming Roethlisberger is coming into this year healthy and he's going to stay healthy, Antonio Brown is going to be by far and away the best receiver easily, and, and with the the I, I I don't want to say like dearth of running backs, but just the the fact that so many running backs seem to always get injured every year, and you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm trying to wait on running backs because I think you're going to get more points with the PPR, and you know it's more and more teams or you know fantasy teams are shifting to a receiver first pick. So if you're doing that, you might as well get the best one out there. Yeah, no, I don't it, I don't blame you at all. That it, would I mean it'd be my pick. Um so I, I, I like it. Um so number two I'm kinda with you and you know I'm I'm a little more old school and I and I like to do running backs, but you know, it's in a PPR format um, I just don't think I can do it this year. And I'm going to go with Julio Jones. Um, the only, the only thing you have to worry about Julio Jones is the injuries and the quarterback play. But even with the quarterback play last year, the guy put up monster, monster numbers. I uh, believe he had over 1,800 yards. He had <clears throat> the most targets, I believe, just ahead of just ahead of Antonio Brown. So it's 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 closer between those two than I think a lot of people think. Um, yeah, but and I and I think the touchdowns give Antonio Brown the edge, the, the, the scoring threat. Because Julio Jones, he just doesn't score a lot. You know, he only had eight touchdowns last year, and four of them were within the first three weeks. And then he just kind of fell off. And so that, that really hurt. But, I mean, over 1,800 yards, a ton of targets, because there's just, to be honest, there's really just nobody else on that team that Matt Ryan trusts throwing to. And so, uh, Julio Jones is the number two pick. 
Yeah, it's a solid pick. Um, I mean, I I definitely like Julio. I don't think that I'd be able to take him, you know, first overall. But second overall, I, I do think he's worth that. I mean, he he's probably could slide down even a little farther depending on who's ahead of you and what they're going with, you know, if they decide mm-hmm. to start with a running back, which with my next pick, I'll go ahead and take, you know, my uh, my counterpart to to Brown and go with Le'Veon Bell. Starting it off Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Well, granted, I'm two different teams, if you will, right. but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go after Bell with this pick. Um, you know, even with the first overall pick, it was kind of between the two of those guys for me. Um, Bell's shown that that he's a workhorse. Uh, you know, he he kind of had a few people kind of shying away from him last year, I feel like, because of the suspension. He was still a first-round pick. Um, and it, he should have been. Two games isn't going to kill you, um, especially with, like I said, the amount of injuries to every other running back. So that probably helped him pause Oh wait until he got injured. So I, I, think, uh, I think he's definitely a top three pick in the majority of drafts. So I'm going to stick with Bell. Yeah, that was, um, that, that's kind of who I was leaning toward. I, I'm not, I'm not sure if I would have made that pick there, but I mean, it's, it's a solid pick. I kind of worry. I kind of worry about his health almost more than, than Jones. I mean, Bell's been knocked out so many times now, it seems like, and he's, He's coming off a pretty big injury, um, you know, MCL, PCL. You know, saying he's gonna be ready by training camp, so we'll see. I mean, his kind of his stock will, will will really come into focus when preseason starts, and then everybody sees how explosive he is or is not. Um, yeah. So that being said, my my pick for fifth. No, what are we on? Sixth overall. Four. <laughs> Four. You're skipping way ahead. Four, four. Yeah, whatever. Um, four overall. <laughs> this is weird to do. Um, it's going to be Odell Beckham. I'm going to keep keep the um, the running back train going here. And, um, yeah, he's a guy who – Thank you. He's a guy that, you know, I – I wasn't particularly high on last year. I actually did not think he was going to repeat the the success that he had in in his rookie season. And um it, it was more because Eli is, is his quarterback and a lot of that had to do with I kind of thought that um the the other receiver that has been hurt forever it seems like um Cruz, Victor Cruz. I thought Victor oh, Cruz, Cruz was yeah. going to come back last year and and take away a lot of targets. Ended up not happening, and so of course Beckham proves that he is absolutely the real deal. And yeah. I think just another season uh, underneath his under his belt just going to make him that much better. And you know they they did add a piece in the in the draft this year, but I I kind of think that's just going to help him because it's going to take away some of the double coverage maybe. Um, so 
My my pick at number four overall is going to be Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I like it. I was honestly leaning towards him at, at my last pick, but like I said, I, I think you got to go with the running back um, and try to try to get that set. But I, I like the pick. I think he's going to have another extraordinary year. You know, Eli isn't. I, you can't really say Eli is a bad quarterback. Um, he's he's inconsistent. The ball. He's, he's inconsistent. Him. He does have some interception issues, but he gets Odell the ball all the time. And, I mean, just looking at the schedule that they have this year, I mean, aside from their two games against Washington, which will actually be interesting now because Norman's in Washington, to see, you know, that – that whole uh, dynamic again. Um, I'm not necessarily seeing a, a lot of great coverage teams. I mean, Dallas's defense is okay, um, but mm-hmm. they got two against Philly, and I feel like he always lights Philly up. Um, well, he always lights everybody up. They got a game against Baltimore. That should be a, a monster game for him. Um Green Bay, I felt like, gave up a lot of uh, receiving points last year. New Orleans in week two, another team that was atrocious against the pass last year. Um, you know, Cincinnati, to me, is probably their best defense that they're facing this year. So it, it'll, that'll definitely be interesting, and he could have a huge year. Um, but with my number five pick, uh I'm going to go for, for I don't want to call it a reach, but, I mean, the guy put up great numbers, and he, he, he kind of just came out of nowhere last year. I'm going to go with David Johnson. Um, I really like what he did for Arizona last year, and, and he was kind of the, the heartbeat of that offense. You know, Fitzgerald had a nice rebound year and put up some solid numbers. Palmer had a great year. Um, but I, I think a lot of that helped because of David Johnson and what he did. Granted, it's a bit of a smaller sample size compared to, you know, going after a, an Adrian Peterson here. But uh, I, I like Johnson. I, I think he's going to have another solid potential, you know, uh, you can't really call him potential sleeper because he's, He's woken up a lot of people, I feel mm-hmm. like. So I think he's no, uh, I, he's gonna be the pick. Yeah, no, I, I love that pick. That was gonna be if if you passed up on him this next pick, that was gonna be mine mine here at number six. So uh that's that's a that's a great pick. Uh I th- I think David Johnson could could potentially be the number one running back overall this year. Uh, especially in PPR, you know, he, he doesn't catch as many out of the backfield as say like a Le'Veon Bell or Devonta Freeman or, you know, so, some of these other kind of smaller scat back guys, but, you know, he catches his fair amount that keeps him, keeps him in the running for, you know, PPR top running back. And I think that's going to go a long way for him. Um, obviously Chris Johnson, you know, I, I think he's clearly passed him on the depth chart. Um, the other guy that 
I'm not in super football mode right now, so all these names are blanking blanking in my head. But the uh, the other guy who I, I liked a lot last year, I thought was a big sleeper. He just can't stay healthy and and all, and all that kind of jazz. So, um, so yeah, oh, Ellington. Yes, thank you, Andre Ellington. Yeah, he just can't stay healthy, and you know they they don't seem to want to give him enough of a workload. So obviously down the line they they saw that David Johnson can handle it, and I think Bruce Arians is just gonna go for it with the guy. I mean, I don't see Ryan Ott. I mean, he's he's obviously he can obviously handle it. So that's yeah, said, no, I definitely think he can. So I'll, I'll ride it all day long. Of course, you would ride it all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Zinger, <laughs> ride them all day long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, number six overall is going to be the wideout from the Houston Texans, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he was awesome last year. Uh, young guy was third in number of targets. Now that might change because I believe they too took a receiver. Um, The only thing interesting is that the quarterback's going to be different. And as much as Hoyer and company weren't great, at least you knew Hoyer could just fling it downfield. Yeah. I'm not sold on Osweiler yet as being a great passer in the NFL. Um, And they did get Lamar Miller. So that's going to be an upgrade at the running game because obviously Foster was out for the majority of the season. So, you know, they were relying pretty heavily on Hopkins. I, I do think his targets drop, but I don't really think the production drops. And, and I know that's weird to say, but I kind of think, you know, we're going to get more quantity over quality from him. And you see that yeah. with a lot of receivers, you know, like guys that are below him in in targets last year, you know, like Odell Beckham, I took ahead of him. You know, you've got guys, you know, like Allen Robinson and, you know, a, a bunch of guys that are obviously below him because he was third in targets. But, you know, that – that can easily score with, you know, with all these guys. And, and um, you know, I mean, I, Hopkins will obviously get the bulk of the targets. I mean, Fuller, I, I just got reminded by Richard, who's, who's obviously listening. Thank you, Richard. Uh, hey, Richard. Fuller is, is the guy over there. Um, you know, He's kind of an unproven, an unproven draft pick, but you know he's he's gonna go, he's gonna get on the field. Um, I, like I said, my biggest worry with him is is Lamar Miller, and uh, and and Osweiler, but I think Hopkins is talented enough to make it happen. So pick number six. That's a nice pick. I, I was kind of torn between going with him on that pick before as well. I, I think he's earned it, you know, easily at five. But if he's fallen to me at six, uh, I'm okay taking him there as well. Um, again, unless I'm, I'm leaning running back. But at that point, you know, I, I think definitely at six, you know, even in a 12-team, it's going to come back to you 
early enough that you can still get a decent number one running back with your second pick um, if that's what you wanted to do. But All right, next pick here. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and go for it. You know, this is uh, this is kind of the pick that that's that guy in every league. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and take Gronk. Uh, Richard called you out. He <laughs> he's, he's tweeting me during the show. He goes, "Betty takes <laughs> Gronk." <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Good call. Um, all right, continue. Uh, I don't have my Twitter for myself, so if, if he was tweeting me as well, I didn't get that. So, I don't think he is. Um, but either way, that's that's hilarious. But yeah, that's uh, that's my pick, man. I mean, you look at it. He's and, a beast. And, you know, he's sitting at number seven. You've got your tight end locked up, and that's kind of where you go if you're drafting Gronk in the first round. Um here again, I think with the 12-team league, or even, you know, especially a 10-team league, if he's sitting there and you get him at at 7, you're getting that turn real quick in 10, so you can easily get a running back or, you know, a solid second-tier wide receiver and and just take your your PPR stat to town with with those two picks. Um, You know that, that Brady's out for four weeks right now. So that does hurt his value. Um, but I I feel like it, it's not going to hurt him as much as some of the other players on the team because he's going to be that safety valve for, uh, I'm, I'm assuming they're starting Garoppolo. Um, and, and he's yeah. familiar with him. So it's not like, Tom Brady's out, we're, we're starting some rookie that we drafted because we don't have anybody else, or, or we're going to go re-sign Tim Tebow and, and have him come back in and, and try out. Um, you know, Gronk's just a monster. There, there's not much that stops that guy aside from injury. Um, so, I, I like it. I'm going to be that guy and, and at number seven, go with Gronk. All right. And I, think I, think, I, think uh, first, I think he's first round. I there's a few guys that I'm taking ahead of him, but I do think he's first round. I I, I thought he was last year, um. So at, I I can't argue with the pick, man. It, you know, ADP wise, right now I think I think he's sitting right around there. So you know, it's hard to argue with you. You know, all the all the ADP numbers right now are coming from the, these big time. You know, all the NFLs, all the FFCs. And and things like that. So it's hard to argue with, man. I mean, if if those guys think he's he's worth it, then you know maybe he really is. I I just have a tough time taking a tight end that early. I don't actually know if I could do it in a real draft. That's my thing because I think yeah. the it, it goes back to the the old thing where it's like the drop off between him. And guys like even Delaney Walker and Jordan Reed and, you know, Olsen is like 20 to 30 points. You know, Walker and Reed in a PPR league last year was, it was 11 point difference. Like the, the drop off between some of your top tier receivers, like the first two or three guys, 
you're looking at Brown and Jones up in the high 300s, you drop even 10 guys down because honestly, if you don't take a receiver in the first round or first, you know, the first round, you're probably going into the next six, seven. So you're looking at the guys between eight, nine, 10, 12 range. You're looking at 270 points. You're talking about a hundred point difference. So like, to where I see Gronk being overall value that worth it, it's the how it makes up your whole team. And, I mean, this is a whole topic by itself, but, like, that's kind of one reason why I don't know if I really could do it in a real league. Yeah. But, you know, this kind of – we're having fun. One man – you know, two-man mock draft right now. Um, I, I can see why his ADP is that high. But that said, yeah. I will move on and take take the eighth pick, and I'm going to take my first running back, and it's going to be Todd Gurley. Uh, this guy right. is absolutely the next coming of Adrian Peterson, and he he was on a terrible team last year, still put up unbelievable numbers. He's not the best PPR guy, I don't think. I'm not really looking at his numbers right now, but yeah, I don't believe he, you know, he caught a ton of passes. I'm trying to look right now. Yeah, I mean, no. kind of Adrian. I kind of Adrian Peterson, like really. I mean, four, there, three, yeah, three, very three, zero, one, zero. I mean, yeah, kind of Adrian Peterson, like. I mean, Adrian Peterson's been. Obviously great, and his running keeps him in in the mix for for uh, for ADP, and and that's exactly what Todd Gurley is going to do. You know that that offense looks like it's going to be improved this year, so that's a good thing and a bad thing. I think it's I think it's more of a good thing because it it'll it'll keep it'll maybe keep the Rams in more games to where they won't just abandon the run. And go and try and pass to whoever they have. I mean, I know I think they drafted a couple a couple of rookies too, but uh, and obviously the quarterback. But uh, you know, it. I think uh, I think he's going to be another guy that is going to get the job done and definitely be returned first round value there as a running back. Yeah, I, I like Gurley a lot. Um, I think he. I mean, he's got a much higher ADP, I feel like, than where you've got him. So, you know, at that point, it's it's, it's kind of a steal um, for him to, to, to sink that low down. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what L.A. could put together and what kind of team they're going to put on the field. I don't think they're going to be much better than they were last year. Um, but I think he can maintain – and as long as he's healthy, he's going to be he's going to be a real deal, and, and he's going to put up some numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you are up with the ninth pick. Uh, ninth pick, huh? All right. Well, I took Gronk, so I guess <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, Again, maybe a little bit of a reach, but not really. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and shoot for Ezekiel Elliott. 
Ooh. Uh, I mean, right. he's he's very intriguing to me. I, I feel like he's kind of he he's in a he's in a very good position to have a good year, and with that line in front of him, uh, uh, hopefully for Dallas's sake, healthy Tony Romo, and uh, you know a clicking offense with the passing game, it's going to open him up to uh, to get some yards and and to try to find those holes that 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 line can create and did create for. DeMarco, uh, I'm now a bust Murray two years ago and, you know, crowned him. Better Eagles fan. The, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, crowned him the, uh, you know, the, the best running back. So I, I think he's going to have a pretty, pretty stellar year. Um, and, and again, I, I think if that offense gets him involved enough, which, they have no reason not to because their running game last year was kind of a joke, even though Run DMC did have a pretty good year. Um, I think that's kind of where this is coming from, though. You look at, at what McFadden put up, and he's, you know, he was a good college back, but he never really blasted off in the NFL. So last year was kind of his year where he did. So I, I think I think Elliott's in a good position here. And uh I think he's worth the first rounder at this point. Might go that's what I was looking at earlier, you know, on some other shows. I know we've talked about him before, but I think, you know, after reading up on him and seeing what what kind of situation he's got, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue. The guy has immense talent. I mean, I s- saw it firsthand. Uh, or, you know, we saw it firsthand when they played the Hokies yep. and uh, just shredded us. And it's – I just don't know, man. Like, I, I don't – I know rookie running backs can get the job done. I just, I just have a tough time drafting one of them in the first round. And especially one where there are two very capable running backs on that team, you know, and Alfred Morris is obviously going to get the shaft at this point and, and you feel bad for the guy, although he's a bit of a traitor and, and went to the, went to the Cowboys from the Redskins. But I mean, the Redskins gave up on him. He's looking for a job, take a job. I get it. Um, this is hard to see. Um, and, and Darren McFadden, I don't. I mean, he he was he proved very capable. Now, I mean, is he going to stay healthy again? Probably not, like you said. But uh, it's just, I don't know. I have a, I have a tough time doing that. I could be totally wrong, yeah. but I'm. I, you won't see me buying Elliot in the first round. Like if somebody is eyeing Elliot and there's me and you left in the first round, and you really want Elliot. You're gonna get Elliot because I will not take him. This is all there is to it. There will be somebody else I take ahead of him. So yeah, I mean, that being said, the that guy schedule I, too. Yeah, I mean for Dallas, oh, yeah. it's it's not. It's basically the same schedule as the Giants, really. Um, well, yeah, I mean you know, of course it's the same. You know, Chicago, same division. Same same team. Division. Chicago, they've got San Fran, 
as their NFC West team. Um, so that's a little different, but not, not anything to be afraid of. Uh, they see Cincinnati and, and Pittsburgh. Um, Green Bay, I feel like, eh, okay run defense, but uh, I don't know. I think I think he can still have a, a very solid year. But yeah, yeah, he's got to got to get through that pecking order. I feel like kind of earn his stripes there. All right. Well, with the tenth pick in in the uh, the mock twelve team one round draft. I'm going to go back to the running back well again, and I'm going to pick Devonta Freeman. I mean, this guy, this guy is awesome in PPR, man. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy what he did in, in PPR. Um, you know, 73 catches to go along with a thousand rushing yards last year. Um, it's just, I think he's going to get it done again, and you know he, he's going to be big for PPR. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Freeman a lot. He kind of came out of nowhere, and that you know everyone was looking at uh, the other guy that was backing him up, uh, Collins or what's his name? I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm blanking too. But uh, Tevin, Tevin uh, Coleman. Yeah, Coleman, that's it. Everyone thought that he was going to be, you know, the the next big thing. And then Freeman came up and, you know, that Dallas game was huge. Uh, I mean, just from a running standpoint, everywhere. So, either way, I think think he's a solid pick, though, especially from what he did last year. People are going to be jumping on his his bandwagon for uh, for the first round, and it's, it's rightfully so. So, that being said, with my pick, I think I need to uh, I think I need to dip back in and into the receiver pool here. Um, I'm going to go after uh, Mr. Allen Robinson, uh, Jacksonville. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. The guy's a true number one. Blake Bortles had a great, great year last year, and they were throwing early and often. So, you know, Robinson was a huge part of them putting up the they did and the points that they did. So I really, really like what they did there. And uh, I think he could easily have a repeat year. I mean, he's usually getting the, the best corner uh, of the opposing team, but it didn't seem to matter. Uh, I mean, it, it did free up Alan Hearns a bit and, and gave him some mm-hmm. really solid games as well. Um, but the nice thing about Jacksonville is that their defense wasn't that great, so they were always kind of coming from behind or trying to just keep up, you know, with the other teams and, and you know, get a small lead and whatever. So they were throwing the ball a lot, um, and, and I don't really see that changing too much no probably not that's a good point um i i like i like robinson it's hard to argue with 14 touchdowns tied for uh the the season the season uh lead for that now they they did add chris ivory so it's 
possible that they run a little bit more this year. They finally seem like they have a, a pretty capable running back. But, no, I, I think you're pretty spot on there. I mean, the, the defense is mediocre, and so they'll be passing a lot. Allen Robinson's the guy. Now, the guy that um, – now, the guy that I think I would have taken over him and the last pick of the, the first round is A.J. Green. And I know some people are going to look at the fact that Eifert is out, and so people are now going to, you know, or possibly out for the first couple of weeks. And and so, you know, there's a lack of weapons there. But I just, I just think A.J. Green's top-notch, and, and it almost helps him. I mean, there's going to be less – less people to throw to. Um, so AJ green for me is, is the real deal. And I think he, uh, I think he'll get it done. And that rounds out our first round. And for some weird reason, I've stopped writing down names. So, yeah, I left you some notes. I was going to say, we should, uh, just recap off real quick. quick, just a quick, uh, well, yeah, recap the first round. And then we'll we should just rattle off a quick uh, quick second round and just do you do six picks straight through and then I'll do my six and then we'll <laughs> we'll just kind of give a small summary. I I got the itch now, man. This is what you did. Oh my god, it's your fault. All right, I don't know what so, I what I got myself into here, but so the first round is pick number one, Antonio Brown. Pick number two, Julio Jones. Pick number three, Le'Veon Bell. Pick number. Four, Odell Beckham. Pick number five, David Johnson. Number six, DeAndre Hopkins. Seven is Gronk. Eight uh, is Gurley. Huh? Nine I was is just saying, Gronk. <laughs> Everybody knows who that is. Um, so seven was Gronk. Eight was Gurley. Nine was Elliot. Um, ten was Devonta Freeman. 11 was – who did you pick with 11? Or am I missing somebody? No. Uh, uh, Robinson was 11. And then – You're right. And then AJ – Yeah, I don't know. I stopped, I stopped writing it down. And then, um, and then 12 was AJ Green. So, interestingly yeah. enough – Adrian Peterson is not in the first round at all, and I really debated between AJ Green and and him. So, um, well, and that's what I that's what I was going to highlight too. Uh, I, let's just do that. Let's let's highlight some of the people we think could have been in the first round but weren't. We'll just name a couple names. So you yeah, named so, Peterson I mean, this year. So so I'm looking off here. I'm looking at like I'm looking at guys like Adrian Peterson and uh, and I. Uh, Actually, I probably would have drafted him over Adrian Green. I kind of skipped over him in my rankings because things got kind of out of whack, and I'm looking down at different names because you took Elliott and Gronk and yeah. threw me off whack, and I was like, what the hell? And Alan Robinson's farther down my list than, than that. So, you know, it's fine, but I'm just like I skipped him. So I probably would have swapped Green for Peterson or Peterson yeah. for Green, whatever. And um, and that being said, so, you know, like like him – and then, you, and then, you know, you get a slew of receivers there. You know, you get guys like Alshon and Dez and Jordy Nelson's, you know, big comeback kind of guy. So, I'm sure you were going to talk about a few of them. So, 
Well, yeah, I, I specifically, I, I mean, a couple of my picks, I was really like, well, should I go with Peterson here? I feel like somebody's going to still take him in the first round. Oh, of course. Just because of of past history. He's still a monster. Um, so he should and and will most likely go in the first round. I debated on grabbing him ahead of Robinson, too, but then I figured, well, we've gone this far, and, and Joe hasn't gotten him either. Let's see if he makes it out of the first round. But I, I just don't see that happening in the majority of drafts. Probably not. Um, if it if it does, great. I mean, if you're at that turn pick or, or maybe even the 11th pick and he doesn't go on the turn for some reason, absolutely take him with the second pick in the second round, and, and it's a steal. Um, but other guys here, guys that we've seen as, as perennial first-rounders, Jamal Charles, you know, another yep. injury-riddled season. He was my first pick in our league last year. My team was 5-0. and and then he got injured, and I don't think my team won again. Um, maybe there's one other win in there, but he's a guy that has the talent to be a first-rounder, but because of the injury, unless you have him set up on a, a funky keeper system like mine, you know, and you're getting him a few rounds later, mm-hmm. then he's worth the risk at that point. But I just don't know if he's worth a first-rounder anymore. Second round, probably yes. Uh, I mean, he's going to go because KC is still a solid offensive team, and he's still a solid player when he's healthy. That's the biggest key thing for him is trying to stay on the field. Um, you know, you mentioned Jordy Nelson, big bounce back campaign. I agree. I think he's going to be a very solid option, and he's really going to actually dictate that Green Bay offense because he did last year by not being there. Right. And I mean, I think Cobb it's awful. <laughs> Cobb was terrible last year. And yep. he was he was a guy that I think both of us had as a potential sleeper, you know, earlier around, you know, jump on his train quick because he's going to get all these targets that Nelson would have gotten. Should have. And, and he, was, did, he did get like... some of them, but that whole offense passing wise just sputtered. I mean, Jordy Nelson is the safety blanket for Aaron Rodgers. And if he's not on the field, that team is, is in utter disarray. Uh, and, and from what we've seen, uh, you know, a couple other guys here, I don't, beyond those guys, I really don't see many on this list that really should have fallen into the first round. Eddie Lacy no, I don't either. was a first rounder last no, year. Oh, absolutely not. He's not this year. Um, no, not even close I, in my opinion. Maybe I'm thinking of my league because of the keeper. He might have been a first round pick from the year before. But, um, but he, he's going yeah, higher he's than He's slimmed think. down. He's slimmed down. He, he seems to have a, a better attitude on everything. So, he could be a nice get in the second round, you know, if you're willing to, to jump a little early on him. And, I think and he's more towards, of a third you know, the middle guy right second. now. Yeah, I think he is too. But if you're, you know, kind of looking for somebody at the end of the second and you've already got a, a top-notch receiver and you know you're going to have a quick turn for your third pick, you know, you might take a gamble on him, and, and it might pay off for you. 
like I said, I think with Nelson coming back, that offense is going to be a completely different offense than what they were last year. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I'll, I'll finish off things here because Richard just sent me a, a message. He's asking about Doug Martin. You know, what, what do we think about him? And you know, I, I personally, right now in, in my rankings, which will be posted soon on Fantasy Six Pack, um, I personally have Doug Martin in PPR leagues. I have him ranked thirty. No, that's Doug Baldwin. Where's Doug Martin? Twenty-six. So it's just outside that second round in a 12-team league. Um, but I'm, I'm really favoring receivers this year. Um, I, I could see you sliding him up in front of a couple of the receivers I have him currently. You know, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Demarius Thomas. I'm not sure what to do with him right now. Um, but you know, I'm not I'm not putting him ahead of a of a Lamar Miller. I'm not putting him ahead of a of a Mark Ingram. You know, I'm not putting him ahead of those guys. I just really devalue the running backs this year, minus the top like two or three, and that's just or even well probably well five. I like Bell, Johnson, Gurley, Freeman, and Peterson, and then after that, I don't really care to have any of these guys. You know, I obviously I, you need them. But I, I'm oh, not yeah. going to reach on them because I think the receivers that will be going around them will far outscore them overall, and that and that's kind well, of the deal. And even even if you if you play with a flex position, depending on on how you do it, um, whether you have the wide receiver running back only flex, or if you have just a flex player that can also be the tight end and everything like that. Um, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to reach on these running backs because just look at every week last last year during the season, it seemed like on the podcast we were talking about guys that were injured, getting injured, and going down week after week after week. I don't want to invest a high draft on these guys because they're not playing. They're not staying on the field. If I can invest those picks on first two receiver, receiver, where three, maybe five years ago, it was mm-hmm. running back, running back, no matter what you did with the, the takeoff of PPR league, you know, you really, you really don't need these running backs. And, I mean, I've debated on on dropping my roster to one running back, nah, a running back receiver flex. I mean, it's not going to happen, but it's just things that I've thought about doing to just kind of change it up and see what's what because everybody gets screwed with these guys. I mean, I do like that yeah. part, but same thing. I mean, I don't. I don't I mean, trust just looking at, at at the ESPN standard, um, you know, projections, which I don't think factors in PPR. You know, they've got him ahead of Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, Jordan Reed. Reed had a monster year last year. He's a guy that I'm looking at for my flex position, and I'm going to play two tight ends because I'm going to get huge production out of those guys. Mm. Um, Um, I I would hope Not every week. Not every week, but I, I just think... You know, I'm, I'm 
and, and I would take Doug Martin over Jordan Reed, but it depends on it depends on what I've already got on my roster. I mean, I I like Cooks better. I think I even like Keenan Allen better if he's healthy. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's interesting, but. We need to move on and uh, and wrap up this show. We got a, another hopefully shorter segment, but than I think we were hoping. But it's uh, something that I definitely wanted to do. Um, real quick though, I do I do just want to go over some baseball injuries because I promised everybody some baseball, especially since we were gone last week. Um, Mike Mustakis, you know, we just talked about him coming back pretty early from that thumb injury. So he's out for the year now uh, with a torn ACL. It's a huge blow. Um, John Carlos Stanton, you know, they're just calling it a side injury that usually means oblique, but I don't, ribs, I don't know. Anyway, it's sidelined him for a week now and he's, you know, he's been a pretty big slump. So maybe that was the reason why I'm not really sure here. There's, they're not really giving a lot of information. Um, Troy Tulowitzki has hit the DL with a strained right, strained right quad. Uh, right now, I can't find a timetable for his return. Uh, Sonny Gray, two pitchers that are kind of on the mend. Jordan Zimmerman and Sonny Gray, they look like they'll be returning. And, um, uh, you know, later this week or this weekend. So hopefully no setbacks for either one of them. And they, and they should be good to go because uh, – Owners are looking to get them back. I know I own them in in pieces of leagues that in 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 leagues that I'm in. So hopefully Sonny Greg and you know bounce back. The time time well uh, time off did him well. Um. So yeah, I, I wanted to have a little fun here, man. You know, it's Memorial Day. A lot of people do cookouts with with friends and family and things like that. So, you know, I kind of wanted to do like a quick top ten list of of my, of, of our, I actually, I, I'm going to call it my, I'm going to give a top 10 list for my favorite, you know, or, or the top 10 cookout foods. And I may, I may not really like some of these foods, but I, I kind of ran out of options. <laughs> I could have gotten like really, really detailed here, but uh, you know, and like split things up, but I kind of went overall categories as much as I could uh, but that being said, I'm just going to give you my list and then you can critique it. All right. All right. I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. So number 10, I'll go, you know, 10 to one, 10 is going to be like, you know, some sort of mixture of like a potato salad, coleslaw, macaroni salad. I kind of mix all those together. I don't like either one of them. I don't like those mayonnaise cold side dishes. I think they're nasty, but people love them. So whatever. I felt like I had to throw them on the list and they're like, they're a cookout staple. So I get it. Um, You know, number nine, boring, but kind of a necessity, some sort of veggie fruit tray platter, you know, some sort of veggie dip. You know, it's always, it's always good. Um, Number eight, I'm going to go with, you know, grilled mixed veggies. So, you know, stuff like peppers and zucchini and squash and, 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 and that kind of stuff, you know, I usually put it all up with foil, put a little oil or butter, salt and pepper in there, cook it up. It's all good, man. It's a, it's 
definitely tasty. Um, number seven, could have gone with mixed veggies, but I split it out because I feel like it, it's just so different at the same time. But it, grilled potatoes, you know, just grilling up some potato wedges, almost making them like french fries on the grill. It's, it's awesome. I, I love doing that. Uh, number six is it's a, it's a little bit different. You know, I don't think you see this at a lot of cookouts, but, but it's definitely something that, that I like, but it's kind of a pain in the ass to cook. I found it is, uh, is kebabs. So like, you know, chicken kebabs, steak kebabs, lamb kebabs, whatever. Um, just straight up veggie kebabs, whatever. Um, you don't, you don't see, I don't think you see those at a lot of cookouts, but it's, it's definitely something that I, I think is good. But it's it's farther down the list because I think they're a little harder to cook. Um, I always find like whenever I try and turn it, I end up just turning the stick and I don't turn the meat. So it's a pain in the ass. Uh, so that's why it's farther down my list. It's more of just I hate cooking them. It's kind of weird. You, but whatever. you have a you have a problem turning your meat, but not your stick. All right. Yeah, <laughs> you got me there, man. Um, so number number five, you know, definitely a. Yeah, an absolute must for cookouts, but you know, probably not the the best tasting thing you can have for the day. You know, some sort of chips and dip. You know, get your Doritos, get your Fritos. You know, with your sour cream and onion dip, get your, you know, your, your standard potato chips. Any kind of chips, you know, mixed with you know dip. If you want the dip, is is awesome. Um, and and then I feel like we're really getting into like the the bulk of the food here, like the the real the real favorites here for me. Um, hot dog is number four, um, an absolute must for cookouts. Um, then we go on corn on the cob and, you know, again, I could have put that in there with like mixed veggies, but it's just, it's such a different thing. Like, you know, mixed veggies are kind of like finger food, but like corn on the cob, like you gotta grab a hold of one of those and just dig into it. You know, like it's, it's, it's just good. A good grilled corn on the cob is really good. Um, uh, I actually made that yesterday, so that's why I threw it on the list. Number two is some sort of some sort of grilled chicken. Um, you know, a good barbecue chicken. If you if you cook it right, you know, so, kind of slow cook it is 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 the right way. I feel like, and and that can definitely be a big hit for cookouts. And then number one, you know, how can you go wrong with just a hamburger cheeseburgers, man? Like if you cook a good hamburger. Throw some good cheese on it, some cheddar cheese, maybe throw some barbecue sauce, you know, something, you know, something different. You know, I'm I'm all good with ketchup and mustard and just lettuce and whatever. I'm all good with that. But, you know, my favorite is to put some cheddar cheese and barbecue sauce on it. They'll go on a good bun. You know, that's that's the best way to go for the food. And then, man, honestly, one, I should have just made, like, I called it 1A, but – Top of the list, man. You gotta have a good beer. You gotta have a good drink on your side when you when you're grilling out and eating some hamburgers and eating some hot dogs on on Memorial Day. Any any cookout, you gotta have a good beer at your side. You know that's that's a must for me. So what you got, man? Where would I go wrong? All right, Jesus, where to where to start with picking oh, up my parts? <laughs> no, overall, I. Uh... I pretty much agree with with most of what you have. Uh, we'll start with the beer. Um, yeah, I the thing I love about cookouts, you know, even tailgates and just in general grilling and and drinking is well the drinking part of it, 
but I, I really enjoy a nice summery type of beer. Like throughout this show, I've been drinking summer shandy, line and Kugels, solid summer beer, uh, crisp. You know, you get that nice little pop of lemon. It just tastes like summer is is happening in your mouth, and you want to just keep it going. Um, any kind of these shandy beers is good for that. You know, Corona is another really nice, light summer beer. And I usually don't drink a lot of these beers until summer. I'm usually an IPA guy, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or, or various pale ales, craft beers. But it's nice to kind of change it up. And, you know, not that I dislike those beers now. Uh, you know, I obviously have the palate for it, but it, it's just a different different atmosphere it's a different feeling and and because it gets so damn hot you don't want something that's just going to be too heavy and and too hoppy and just you know kill your your mood for grilling so that's my my spiel on the beer you got to have a nice you know a little bit lighter or like a session ipa is is a quality not too heavy on the alcohol content but still heavy on the flavor do it get it get it done bring the grill out, and then we'll go from here. Uh, yeah, ha- hamburger, cheeseburger, got to be number one. You know, it's it's the staple. Nothing says American grill out uh, like a hamburger or a cheeseburger. And, and we, did, uh, we did some cheeseburgers last night with a red wine mixture, and we had blue cheese infused in them, like built in. And, I mean, they were delicious. So it wasn't a standard just patty cheese bun. Uh, you know, we, we went a little gourmet with it. Uh, they were awesome. Number two, I would put a head of chicken and corn on the cob. I'd bump your hot dogs and your, uh, you know, and really to me, you know, hot dog is actually number three. Number two for me is cheddar brat. You've got to get a good bratwurst. I knew I was missing something, man. Brat. I mean, you know, even like that's a, a kielbasa. Ah, dude, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing that I, I see on your list here that is not there. So that's that's about the most destruction I would do on yours. And we did actually do kebabs yesterday, too. We did pineapple and like chicken ball things. So we, we hit the chicken aspect of it and the grilled, you know, fruits. Um, you know, so we didn't hit the, the zucchini and squash and whatnot, but the, the kebabs were awesome, and uh, I had no problems turning the meat or the stick. So uh, they came out magnifique. Um, but yeah, chips and dip, <laughs> table, potato salad, coleslaw, macaroni salad. You put them at the bottom because you don't like the the, the mayonnaise in them. But dude, come on. They're cool. They're refreshing. Nah, I can't not, do it, man. Not as much as the beer, but they're delicious. You can't go wrong with a, a very good potato salad or a mac, you know, an Amish Amish uh, macaroni salad. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. So those I probably would have bumped up a little head of uh, of the, the veggie fruit platter and maybe these grilled potatoes things you're talking about. But other than that, everything else on there is uh, it's pretty solid. Yeah, I just, you know, I got in the, yeah, no, brats. That's a good call, man. I, I, I totally, totally screwed it up there. Definitely, I needed to get some brats or some, yeah, just some sort of like 
sausage or, you know, like uh, something like that in there. So definitely screwed up there. Should have gotten that in there. Couldn't For me, I could have knocked off the potato salad, but whatever. Anyway, man. Um, so yeah, we will – sounds like we'll be skipping your rant this week. Um, we definitely went yeah, a little I'm long. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh... – Pretty sure nobody really wants to hear about my uh, trials and tribulations with the fact that we still don't have air conditioning and BGE Home has been here twice. And oh, my I've God. Still not gotten a uh, callback from a supervisor, even though I was promised one. Uh, on Saturday, uh, three calls into BGE, and uh, today, another two calls into BGE. So, yeah. Oh, I, I don't really need to, to rant hot, about like, that. Real quick. Yikes, yeah, it sucks, man. And uh, apparently it's uh, it's very popular for everybody to be calling at the same time because they're like, oh, wait, we got off Monday. All right, cool. Let's call and have the uh, the air conditioning people come out, check our system out. Yeah, that's and brutal, man. That there isn't other people with actual issues like we have, but when you got an eight-month-old, right, uh, say, two you dogs, know, man. yeah, it's uh, it's not that, uh, not that fun, so. We bought a window yeah. unit tonight. Put that thing in before the uh, the show here. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that that'll, that'll help. Best of luck to you, man. That's uh, that's rough. So Indeed. so we will close out the show here. I got two <laughs> short hashtag middle class What? What? What'd you say? I said, I said hashtag middle class problem. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so I'm coming over, overcoming a little bit of a cold. <coughs> Didn't have this problem the whole show. Thought I could make it. Guess not. Um, two quick Twitter questions. Uh, I believe they are from the same guy. It's been a couple of weeks, so he hit me up twice. Uh, I think it was that Super Joe 12 guy. Um, <clears throat> in the Dynasty League, is Wainwright, Liriano, and Shope, Scope too much to pay for Robinson Cano? In Dynasty? Uh, yeah. Dynasty, yes. Um, yes, I think. Scope, Scope is younger. I mean, he's not yeah. Cano. But... The other two guys are older, so you're not losing much other than age there. I mean, they're, they're both quality. It depends on what other starters you have, though. If you have a, a, a nice depth of starting that you can afford to give those two guys up, okay. But I, I just don't see what you're gaining in, in Cano's finally figured it out bounce back season. I mean, granted, he was good in the second half of last year, too. But yeah, I, I think it's too much. I mean, my thing is, is I, I'm not sure. Like, if you've got some guys to replace those pitchers who have a better name than production right now, then I say go for it. Or if you've got guys that you can pick off the waiver wire who can – do decent for you. And that was dynasty. So there might be nothing available. So that's tough. It, it, it's a weird yeah. one to answer in a vacuum in, in 
in a vacuum, I say no, it's not. But it depends on who who the replacement value is at this point. Um, that that's my thing. Because like, Shope's not really gonna. He's not going to be a dynasty like staple at second base forever. I don't think so. He's just not a good enough overall hitter. I don't think. Um, I think he's got some power. I just he's not a good he's not a great hitter. Um, that's, that's a tough. It's a real tough one. But I, I kind of overall think no is not too much to pay. If you're really going for it this year, I say go for it, man. Like you have someone's got to win the league. Why not be you? You can wait and wait and wait forever. Um, and then there's another one, and obviously you can tell these were a couple, like a week apart probably. Uh, would you trade Scope, Hayward, and two fourth-round picks in 2017 for either Ryan Braun, Justin Upton, or Nick Castellanos? And I say absolutely not. <laughs> That's way um, too much. That's a, a lot. I would maybe I would give up Scope and Hayward, and maybe one pick for Braun. No, uh, I wouldn't. Again, I don't, He's I don't already know injured again. The guy can't stay healthy. No way. Braun's injured again. He's got like neck issues right now. He's day to day. He's got something that. wrong with him: his neck or back or wrist or. Man, I don't know what that guy does. In his he's had a lot of little picky pack injuries, but uh, I mean, overall, he's had a good season so far. He, and he it's has something that's only going to keep him keep him out, you know, two weeks or whatever. He's always been an injury risk, so you got to keep that on Cassiano. I, I don't even know why he's in that mix. I mean, no, absolutely not for him. And Upton. No, no chance. Well, I mean, up to this been point, a, I want a joke at this, this year. Point, I want even a slumping Hayward over Justin Upton at this point. Like, yeah, it's just bad. I mean, it's tough because so. they both play on really good teams that are likely headed to the playoffs. Well, the Cubs are definitely headed to the playoffs, but Upton, I don't know. Yeah, it's not. I I say no to that. So. Anyway, that is the end of the show. Um, you got anything else to add, man? No, I'm good. Hopefully, you guys get some AC soon, and uh, you know, you and the you and the the wife and the baby can sleep well, keep cool, and uh, we will see everybody next week. All right, sounds good. Have a good one. All right. Have a good one, everybody.